This is Beers with Anthony. Every Monday and Friday, Philly's craft beer sales guy takes you inside the world of craft beer. Pouring a sessionable, only slightly bitter podcast, Beers with Anthony pairs well with your commute or downtime. Here's your hopped, energetic, full-bodied host, Anthony Massantonio. Here today with Jenna Greb. Um, Jenna does a lot of work with beer events and with Philly Loves Beer. So her and I today are going to talk about like what it takes to make a very successful beer event, um, and also what it takes to kind of promote and execute things with Philly Loves Beer, uh, Philly Beer Week, and everything that goes into what makes her really awesome at her job, um, and how that plays out for navigating it to the consumer. So. Jenna, why don't you give a little background on, on yourself and uh, what got you into what you do? Sure. Hi. Um, I am pretty awesome at my job sometimes, <laughs> but not all the time. Um, so the I, time. Yeah, I am one of the owners of Rolling Barrel Events. We're based outside of the city near King of Prussia and Kanji. And I kind of fell into the job six years ago. I was like an unpaid intern for a couple months at like 24 years old and then part-time, full-time. And I've been an owner for or five years now so it's kind of a weird ride for me like professionally but it's been fun and so everything that we do is has a local focus so beer food wine spirits work with farmers producers artisans kind of everything in between um, to do events with kind of a unique twist and always obviously focusing on this local market that we're very lucky to have access to yeah. in Philly yeah and you you obviously you also like help the local breweries and establishments sure. like like that's a focus to to it not just like local in terms of the community of the consumer which right. is right cool. exactly and i think too i mean it's something that we can all realize that there's a ton of beer events and ton of things happening because obviously beer is a huge part of philadelphia yeah. right now but you know it's interesting to kind of see that shift because five six years ago it was people were doing beer fest that we were asking them to do because they needed exposure well they've got exposure every weekend with all different things and you know, like I said about Philly Loves Beer, which we can get into later, it's you know it's a whole different world out there as far as where people are going to be allocating and and dedicating what events they're actually going to do. You yeah. know, because is that what? So is that where the connection was made? You were doing rolling barrel events, and then that like formed kind of like your connection and working with Philly Loves Beer. Yeah, yeah, we worked for the first couple of years that they started to do the beer gardens. We helped put those together and working with the breweries to kind of get them all focused and doing like the event management side because it was didn't something that they didn't have time to do for during beer because obviously we all know it's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, and then we've been doing opening tap for the last two years and just I've been a part and going to board meetings for probably three, maybe four years now. Just nice. to stay in the loop, kind of like, you know, keep an eye on kind of how everybody's doing, you know, and yeah. what's changing. And Well, I mean, there's a lot that's changed just with Philly Loves Beer. I mean, it was yeah. Philly Beer Week. Which is obviously this big ten-day, you know, you know, event where we kind of celebrate what is craft beer in Philadelphia, and now it's become like everyone wants to be more involved on a year-round basis, which is super important, and I totally get it. But obviously, there's an identity crisis. There's some things to navigate, and changes being made, which are also, you know, important to how much the Philly beer market has changed, mm -hmm. which has been exponential. Yeah. So. Um, I want to kind of rewind for a second. We're going to just start with events themselves. Like, yeah. what do you do differently? Because I think this is an important differentiator in terms of the consumer when they go to an event that you're producing. Like, what are the key components to what you do that makes a beer event so successful? I think we try to always plan and execute 
as if we were the one attending the event. So you right. think about other events That's that you their perspective. Right. You know, mm -hmm. when you think about just like from walking up, like what your first view is, what your first experience is, who you're talking to first, because, you know, we've been to different events and not necessarily just beer, just other things where your first impression, you know, is everything. And it's, so you have to like make sure everyone's happy. They're not waiting in line too long, that it's not too far for them to get a beer. You know, it's, there's not too much for them to navigate through or like it's crowding and it's, there's a lot more to beer fest. I think the consumer doesn't realize that sure. we do think about, yeah. you know, as far as where signage is placed or even just like where certain breweries are located within the tent. So it's like if you went to a Beyonce concert <laughs> and like all the stuff behind the scenes <laughs> that takes like a week of production. Exactly. But like no one really sees that. Exactly. They just see a two-hour show. Knows. They just see the uh -huh. fan and they're yeah. like Beyonce's queen. Yeah, I mentioned that because I know that Jenna <laughs> likes Beyonce. So. And you just refused to admit that you did too. <laughs> I'll, I will always refuse that. Uh, no, I think that's a really good point. You know, like putting yourself in the shoes of the consumer, and I think that's important for breweries to do when they're making beer. I think mm -hmm. it's important for when you're marketing events. I like in every aspect of what you do, you should have some relative kind of empathy towards like yeah. what's the consumer looking for and what impact or value can I provide to mm -hmm. them um, and that's why we're having this conversation because I yeah. think you care about that and you do that whereas yeah. like a lot of people they're just like oh it's a beer event it's going to be successful and there's going to be ticket sales and people are going to go regardless right. and is that even right. right it's like do you make something just to make it or do you do something because you want to create an impact? Exactly, so. exactly. And, and a lot of events that we've done that aren't just like the larger, you know, thousand people plus beer fest, it is education focus where it's understanding the people and it's not even necessarily down to like the brewing process. It might just be like they haven't had a special beer from somebody that they just didn't have access to and that's kind of like bringing in that whole process or you know, a lot of people are like, I don't like craft beer. And you always have to ask them, well, what beer do you like? And you can find them a craft beer. It's just a matter sure. of them trying something, you know. But going back to the whole what sets us apart, you know, we also really focus on making sure that the breweries and all the vendors are happy because I think that that is huge and something that when I've volunteered for friends in the industry to kind of help pour at their table, it's a huge thing that nobody else, I shouldn't say nobody else, but it's just never focused on enough where, if the breweries and, and the vendors, everybody are happy and kind of have everything they need without like a 17 page pamphlet of where to go and what yeah. to do, you know, it's very, it is simple in the sense of like, do this, do that, go here, don't do that. But, you know, obviously not everybody's used to being on the beer fest side of it. They might be a volunteer, you know, for the brewery. We don't ever do volunteers at our events. We always want someone that works for the breweries because you're going to be more knowledgeable than well because the consumers else. then they have questions about things and i've heard from people when they go to an event where it's like that and there's just people pouring they're like yeah like i don't i didn't understand anything about the right. person's brewery or mm -hmm. the beer like they just because that person pouring had no education or background in right it, which is which is important because at the end of the day what that is is that's a brand activation program mm -hmm. what that is is that's brand exposure and what that is is a way for you to directly have an impact with your consumer right. so like why wouldn't you be there right. um, so yeah that's super important and then you know from me coming on from the vendor side like I know that like my schedule is bananas so when I have to do sales calls and meet with wholesale groups and just navigate our business as a brewery but then on top of that spend whatever X number of hours at an event on an evening or a weekend right. yeah, I'm exhausted there's things that I really don't want to have to worry about like, right. I, like if that part is taken care of for me like that's amazing yeah. you know like that makes me want to work with that person if I know that when I show up mm -hmm. 
things are going to go kind of smoothly, you know. So, yeah. and you know, and we know we've got like a two-second window of everyone's attention when it, we're reaching out to people. So there sure. are specific days, times, words that we use that we've just over the years have learned what'll be actually like quick and simple because you don't have time to sit there and read through, right. you know, every sort of. Like I'd rather detail. hear a text. Or a phone call from you. Like if you email yeah. me three paragraphs, I probably won't read it. I'm really sorry. Right. No. That's why we bold and highlight certain yeah. things. Yeah. Just give me the points that I need yeah, to know. The rest of it points. is fluff. Yeah. Exactly. So no. And again, you're really good at that. I think that's really important. Um, like I appreciate that when I'm going to work with you on an event, like the execution on my part is minimal, mm -hmm. which saves me a exponential amount of time. Right. Um, so like. From the vendor side, it looks like, okay, we're, we're taking care of, like, we want to make sure that they understand we're there for them, we're going to take care of things, we're going to execute. The consumer side, you're empathizing, you're thinking of the event as, what are they looking for, how is it going to be perceived by them, right. all good things. So, how much actual work is behind that, like, what do you do physically that makes the events differently, if that makes sense? Well, in addition to those two big things, it's also dealing with the clients that we work with, and we do work with a lot of nonprofits, so it's also adhering to like what they need and what they're looking for and what makes sense for the breweries and kind of bringing them down from their wish list to be like, okay, here's what's actually realistic and like right. what we can accomplish, but of course, like still you know, having a really awesome event. Um, but like a lot of it is chasing people for just getting back to you because we know that there's certain times of the year. So back you know in april when i started recruiting for our upcoming event um kop beer fest like i started doing brewery recruitment in march and april but i'm also sensitive to the fact that then like the craft brewers conference comes up philly brew week comes up so i know people aren't going to want to see an email from me that they can deal with the following week so yeah. i usually just kind of like wait a little while and so it's getting people to kind of like understand and and just get back to you and it is especially with paperwork in the city you have to do different um you know forms for like the health department or L&I and so that opens up a whole different to-do list yeah. and you know a lot of people are used to it now but a couple years ago probably it was four years ago with Brewers Plate um, our event that happens every year in March it was like three weeks to get chefs to fill out 12 page papers that have like where they buy their ingredients from where they're planning on sure. doing everything and it's just it's all, it was a lot to kind of adjust to. I want to hear details on that because, like, I feel like Brewer's Plate, which we're going to talk about, is one of the more fun and interesting events to me because I'm a foodie person. Like, I come from hospitality and restaurant business. So, like, I, I love where that event's, like, head's at. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know it must be, like, a lot of work to execute that. So we're going to hit that in a second. But, like, what I really want to hear is, like, do you, I imagine you doing a beer event where, like, you're, like lugging things on your back. Oh, like, you never see me at like, events? You, you, well, I usually yeah, like, have halves in my hand, like moving tables. Like To, to get it done right, me, there's, yep. there's production things that exactly. need to be done, right? Like this needs to go here and that needs to go there and it needs to be this time and that yep. time. And like, like, I imagine that's super important to you. Yeah. But like, do you have people that do that for you or do you literally hulk things and make <laughs> things happen? A little column A, a little column B. I mean, I'm lucky that the people that I've kind of surrounded myself for the past few years have been a huge part of our success. I mean, your team is kind of the best part. You, I mean, you understand yeah. that where it's, you're relying on them. When I say, put that table over here, I don't have to say it in a different way or literally go move it. But I do have people that, you know, are new to the events scene. So like I, and I'm very, 
I'm not the best at explaining. I'm more of a visual person sometimes. But you so know I'm what just you're like, looking for. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, this table you, exactly like yeah. this and do this the rest of the way or this sign like this or, you know, when it comes to, you know, to bring up like KOP again, we unload all of the kegs. So that's 100 plus kegs that we're taking on and off a truck that day. Yeah. And we have volunteers, but you can never get the beer out quick enough when you're well, low. So, so KOP, for listeners, is the King of Prussia Beer Fest mm-hmm. that you do at the mall right. where they, like, clear out the parking lot mm-hmm. and they, like, make this whole production out yep. of things. Like, it, it was, like, two tents. There was vendors. There was live music. I mean, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, how many brewers were involved? We have on the Thursday night portion, which is a little bit smaller, and this is an event that benefits the King of Prussia Business Improvement District, so it's kind of highlighting all the different businesses within King of Prussia, but also just bringing a unique fundraising aspect for them. Um, but Thursday night is more corporate event, kind of is what we say. Is right. There's about 18 breweries, and those are all hand-selected that I pick that will pair them with some restaurants from the King of Prussia area. With live music, like you said, there's just some different elements to it. Then Saturday, we have about 53 or 54 is what right. I get. Yeah, yeah. I remember being at the the Saturday portion last year and just being like blown away with like how much was going on all at once. And and it was two sessions. It's two sessions on Saturday and one on Thursday. Yeah. But and what's the date for that this year? This is October fifth and seventh. So cool. Thursday and Saturday. But you know that one is one where like you're saying with kind of like lifting and moving kegs. Like a couple years ago, the there was an issue with our um, like porta potty vendor. And I literally had to clean out the trailers of like the porta potties and make them look nice for okay, the Okay, so the next time that happens, <laughs> yeah. I'm not available. Yeah. Please don't try to call me. <laughs> no, it was they were supposed to come clean them in between sessions and something happened and so you kind of go into mode where well, yeah. there's no choice. We have people Again. coming through the store and they need and they deserve to have a clean bathroom as yeah. ridiculous that sounds, but since yeah. you're working with you know, I mean, there was some that I probably I did just like zip tie clothes was like, I'm not touching it because right. that's above my, my pay grade. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I could do simple things <laughs> for mm-hmm. it. So that was probably the worst, one of the worst things I've had to do. OK, so let's uh, let's go back and, and fast forward back to Brewer's Plate. Um, so so I think anyone listening really should understand, like, if you're like a food person and a beer person or like just food and drink person, like what Brewer's Plate is, is like. You, you bring all of these restaurants and restauranteurs and chefs from Philadelphia and then you pair them. Like they get paired in advance mm-hmm. with the brewery that they're gonna be with that evening, mm-hmm. right? And then you get to kind of have like this creative aspect of like, okay, what kind of beer do we wanna feature? And then what kind of food do we wanna feature with that? And then, I mean, we're talking multi-levels of, um, wh- where is it at? It's usually um, like the- The last three has been the Kimmel Center. The Kimmel Center, right? Which is like this big like music amphitheater type environment. Um, and, and literally you can walk through the different corridors, like there's different vendors set up. I mean, it's a fantastic event and, um, to execute all of that like I know when I've showed up I'm like holy crap like <laughs> the amount of work that goes in into all that must be yeah. ridiculous because there's a lot um, of sleepless nights that the weeks before. yeah like I mean and you had you had liquor there was liquor yeah so it originally started um this is its 13th year this past year um mm-hmm. it started with Bill Kowaleski from Victory and um Fair Food which is who that benefits because I know I was doing at, like bourbon yeah. shots from <laughs> multiple <laughs> good for you I didn't have anything to drink that night oh, that's, um, just, that's unfortunate no I it's don't like drink, the best I don't, time to have drinks is like I sadly never drink at an event 
because I feel if something goes wrong right. and you someone walks up to me and I have a beer in my yourself. hand, yeah. they're going to be like, oh, you get to enjoy the event. And like, there's like this, you know, it's always something ridiculous right. that they're so yeah. upset about. So I try to just like. That's a good point. No, I, I, not that I, I don't ever say that anybody, yeah. staff or anybody else that can't, but I'm just like for myself, for I'm, I'm better at like, let's get cleaned up and I'll have a dirty martini as soon as we <laughs> get to yeah. the after party. Right, right. Um, which is cool. hard though, because at events like Brewer's Plate, you know, we have people that do bring very unique and very one-off things that you sure. couldn't necessarily get anywhere else. Yep. And that's kind of what makes the uniqueness of it. But, you know, we had probably 95 vendors this year between um, the restaurants, the breweries, like you said, we've had distillers. I think this past year we had the most, which we had four. Yeah. Um, but for a long time it was just Philly Distilling, but then we had Manitoni Stillworks that came in, Bluebird yeah. that's come on the scene, and Boardroom Spirits did something last year too. Um, which, but, I, which I love about it. Like I don't think, I don't think that Brewer's Plate should only be I think what it should be is like a celebration of all things food and drink. Right. You know, and that's like what we've that's learned what to kind of evolve it. it over the years that you can't just stick to the whole the same old like show and dance because people are going to get bored of it year after year. But, you know, we try to change up, like you said, the partnership. So, you know, introducing breweries that might not have worked with a restaurant. I mean, there are there is a ton of thought that goes. People think that we don't. We just kind of like throw papers up in the air and kind of hope that it all works out. But you know, Christina Dowd, who works with me, she's like my right-hand lady with all my events, but we literally will <laughs> yeah. sit down and we have, you know, people that request each other. We might say, okay, you know what, this person is on tap here, or this person makes sense to be on tap here. This is where these kind of conversations can start. Um, you know, obviously with the distilleries, we've asked them to do a beer cocktail as well, just to kind of keep with the, right. the flow of the event. Yeah. And that's introduced some, you know, conversations along the way for people that might, especially since distilleries can have beer and wine in their spots now anyway. So it kind of helps open these doors for people that might not have had the chance to stop at that restaurant or just didn't even think about working with that restaurant. You know, we pay attention to the fact that, okay, they only ever have cans, so only introduce them to a brewery that cans, or they only do drafts. So, like, people that doesn't, you know, how that it can fit into all those different kind of categories. Yeah. You know, we it's usually a headache, but we do it. No, you know. <laughs> to make it benefit for everybody because, yeah, yeah. you know, the view, if you can be creative and kind of, like, thrive off of that new energy, right. it'll be exciting for the consumer. Yeah. Going back to the whole making sure the consumer enjoys it. And part of that, too, is, like, you know, I've been to a ton of different beer fests, beer events, and, like, you know, you always have that person that's like, oh, like, I really actually don't drink beer. Like, I'm here because my right. blah, 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 X, Y, and Z person told me to come. So something like that is like, I mean, okay, well, do you like spirits? Like, there's other things to, like, offer. Yeah. And I think more events like that is just, it's just super fun, you know? Yeah. Like, I think even... Um, uh, Weckerly's did uh, ice cream with one of our beers from mm -hmm. St. Benjamin Brewing uh, at Brewer's Plate. And that was just super cool. People yeah. were coming up to me at, at our station and being like, oh my God, I had the ice cream <laughs> with your beer. And like, that was super good. I'm not really a beer person, but like, I love ice cream. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh. Like, Those well, are the duh. favorite tables that I have at all the, the events between like Weckerly's and Ben Spoon was there this year and they did mm -hmm. an ice cream forget with who but i asked her to save me one by then there was nothing left so yeah it was just well like i absolutely love coffee so like <laughs> i like i need maybe next brewer's plate like there needs to be like a coffee component when everybody's there was been a like coffee component oh maybe i need to be it like was more part of that. Was upstairs okay. and they were doing their nitro cold brew all right well we need to like new. talk like our station <laughs> we'll needs get like you like a complete station next yeah to it. yeah like i need like a coffee component that yeah. way like people are like oh so man, like coffee ice cream and beers oh maybe i don't know that might be overdoing it but like a whole but like i feel like that 
be up my alley, so we have to talk about that. Um, all right, so then, so then, lastly, let's let's take a few minutes and talk more um, about Philly loves beer because I know like that's part of what you do. It's not entirely what you do, um, but it's super important. Um, and I think like the events they do, um, and kind of just like they're trying to build more of a community feel mm-hmm. for what Philadelphia is with beer. Like that's super interesting, and like that. Uh, that can't be like overlooked. Like, like Philly loves beer, for all intents and purposes, from Philly Beer Week. Um, I want to see be successful, and I know I've talked to you about that before. We've right. had plenty of side conversations, but like, like realistically, what do you love about it? What do you want to see happen? You know, what do you do that makes it different? Like, just speak on on that for a little bit. Sure. So, like I said, I've been kind of going to the meetings for the last three, maybe four years, and they have, they're actually open to the public, so anybody can kind of come and get a, a lowdown as far as what's been going on um, and help influence what needs to happen because, obviously, this is a very consumer-based organization where it's figuring out the different levels of what people want to kind of see out of the Philly Beard because it can be insane madness of, you know, thousands of events over 10 days and kind of where you draw the line or where it's too many events or not enough or the, you know, good event, bad events. It's it's fun to listen to all of it, but, um, you know, I've just been kind of helping out and volunteering as much as I can over the last few years. Um, you know, like I said, for the beer garden and then opening tap for the last two years, helping to run that, and then, you know, obviously going out to all the different events. But it's interesting to see this, the change from going from the 10-day celebration, you know, even though we say week, it's always been 10 days, to this year-round organization and kind of seeing how that's going to change the, you know, perception. Because it's hard to kind of help have the consumer understand what's happening. Where it's, yeah. You know, a year-round organization, because that makes sense. It, you know, why put, you know, kind of all your eggs in the, in the week basket and then you can't actually... Well, like, to that point, like, I saw maybe it was two weeks ago you were doing a thing with 2SP for, like, the two-year anniversary of 2SP. Mm-hmm. I saw some promotion and some, like, support there. And, like, right. so I get, like, that makes a lot of sense. Right. You know, if you're going to be year-round and then support people that do events with you and, and provide value and right. pr- help them promote that, right. you know, as a media company, as, like, this umbrella of marketing and PR, I think that's super special because mm-hmm. what you're bringing to the table is, for people that don't know, like, you're all intents and purposes working with a nonprofit right. as Philly Loves Beer. So right. there's so much that breweries and especially people in Philadelphia that, you know, we, we can't afford to spend money on in, in terms of promotion and PR where if you can somehow fill those gaps right. and help the cost there, we can continue to provide super awesome events and product and support there so right. i think one kind of begets the other um and i and i liked seeing that and i, I like the idea of philly loves beer compared to philly beer week right. um so you know it's still in the early stages of this kind of like out. transfer crossover yeah. so i think it'll just you know need some time to kind of shake the bugs out to have pe- people understand that it is the same organization and it is kind of making it more of a destination for people to kind of figure out okay I'm visiting Philly what are good beer bars what are the good breweries around you know that kind of aspect of it but also having events that aren't just during those 10 days of June because why shouldn't you have an event or help promote an event for somebody that's a local you know whether it's brewery or a venue or a bar restaurant or however it works out you know people are drinking beer all year long so why kind of limit it to only the 10 days of being successful so to speak and in the city like I mean like it's just it's ridiculous how much exposure there is to beer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, like we're sitting here, we're having a beer, we're at Bottle Bar East. Like this is one of the best places to do that in Fishtown, right. you know. Um, what are you drinking, by the way? Do you remember? The pizza Boy. Pizza Boy. It was, was it the, Paleo? Yeah. Okay. Which was pretty good. It's the Pizza Chaser. Okay. Cool. <laughs> See, she's even she's even drinking local and she remembers what she had, which is great. Cool. It helps that there's a menu on the wall next to me, but I will totally Did take you have my to memory. mention that part? Yeah. Um, no, and like so again, like there's so much that you can do in that platform right. that has an impact and for me, it's like, you know, like, I almost act like Philly Loves Beer is like a baby that I, like, want to adopt. Because, like, <laughs> if I had control in any way, and, like, I know that, like, well, technically I can show up and I can be a part of it. But, right. like, obviously what I do being sales and marketing manager with a small brewery in the city is exhausting to my time where right. that like if I had to take a portion of my brain and put it anywhere else then I'd be sacrificing something sure so I can't do it like yeah. I can only be like hey like nudge nudge maybe <laughs> this you know right. what I mean um, but and like, that's what in is hard perfect to, world right the board is made up of all different local brewers or brewery owners or restaurant bar owners bar managers whoever you kind of fit into the picture and kind of want to get more involved right. so it is hard because we are working with borrowed time for a lot of people you know yeah. it's, and it makes it you know a unique aspect in some sense because it's you kind of got to take what you can grab and hope that we can do it all at one time you know but again i think that that is the benefit of working outside that 10 days where yeah. it's not just only focusing on an event that Bottle Maurice is having during that week. Like, why can't we focus on something that they're having in August or, mm -hmm. you know, September or whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. Providing know, value to that customer so that they can then provide value to the consumer. Right. You know, it's like a trickle-down effect. Um, and, like, totally I get it and I see, like, where the potential is. Mm -hmm. um, so, like I said, like, you know, once everything kind of like starts to really roll and there's an identity that starts right. to form for Philly Loves Beer, I could see it being incredibly successful. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate what you do, obviously, as being part of that team that you, you show up and you give your time, but you know yeah. you don't run the whole shebang. No, um, you I know, don't. But then on the other side of <laughs> things, like... I'm thankful for that. I give right. a lot of props to their uh, new executive director, but yeah. it's a lot. Because there's a... You think about just the venues itself. You're talking about over 100 different venues that you're managing and hoping that you can make them happy and hear what they're yeah. what they want to get out well, of it which is different that, for anybody for, else too. for anybody that doesn't know like philly loves beer itself um working as the philly beer week like you know it morphed from that but the philly beer week is an enormous undertaking like there's hundreds of events there's tons of vendors like yeah I can't imagine, like, you know, really what goes behind if you, like, compounded all of that, like, right. how much it is. So, like, it's a lot. Like, and that's why I'm glad that it's going to be a year-round thing. But um, I think there's, like, a lot more that can be done just as a whole, more, like, hands-on to make that more successful. And I think as that grows and matures and as there's more support, both the vendor side and the consumer, then there will be, like, a higher success rate. Right. Um, so yeah, um, in the future, like if I can free up some time, like I'm 1,000% going to be uh, part of that. You should start taking but, notes and I guess hand them all off to me so I can. I know, right? Report, like, like here's just, what Anthony says today. What you should do is live stream it, and then when I'm in the car driving to all the places that I need to go, I'll just listen in and impart my knowledge. Um, but no, great job you guys are doing. Um, I look forward to seeing where that's going to go. Um, we're at what? It's August now, so we've got some time till Beer Week comes back again. 
feels um, like it was like literally just yesterday. Yeah, it does. I'm thankful that it wasn't. And it's going <laughs> it's, it's to come back super fast. Yeah, so. it does. And that's the thing. I mean, it, and it, going back to being a year-round, it is a year-round planning process where it's, yeah. you know, venues book out early. So if you're going to have an event, you know, during Philly Beer Week, you got to figure it out now. Yeah. You know, it's just, and doing something unique for people where it's not just, you know, that, not that a happy hour or a tap takeover isn't fun, but it's kind of making it more engaging for customers because more and more we hear from them, you know, and getting like survey results back. They want to have a different beer they don't get any other. Like they know that they've got a yeah. great beer scene. And I think some people take it for granted because sure. Philly has huge, besides just the local breweries, you have people from out of market, you know, and, and like California that are making really awesome beers yeah. or even just like Florida. Yeah, for like for people just, don't know that are listening and they're not local, like Philadelphia, we have so many breweries and so many vendors and so many different types of beer from different places like it's absurd you know we're one of the largest beer markets in the country um we don't have the most breweries in this metropolitan like as in terms of like philadelphia breweries but we do have a lot of outside beer whether it be from pennsylvania or other states and other countries and And you can't ignore them so like there's some that are you know been in the market for years and they're great or they might introduce themselves during philly beer week and that just there's plenty of there's plenty of rare things and things that you don't find in other cities that are here that can't be ignored because it's been that way for a long time and yet you have to placate to all the egos of the smaller breweries (laughs) and the people that are trying to emerge in this market at the same time totally get it right so what i mean to say by is like Definitely, it's one of the most diverse and most um, available beer segments of a market anywhere, Um, and that makes it super special. But it also makes it super difficult to navigate. So, like playing both sides and figuring that out, it's it's work. Right. Well, and it's. I mean, I think it's fun. It's like you know the cliche good problem to have kind of thing that there's too many beers to kind of. Yeah, like woe is me. There's there's too much offered here. Yeah. But. You know, it does make it, like you said, a little difficult just to kind of make sure that everyone feels well, well represented. And I think, again, not to be like a broken record, but going to that year-round, yeah. like push, right. will help do that for everybody. Where you can focus, like those yeah. ten days are are like nuts with the amount of events that people get lost, even if they are a popular brand, yeah. you know, in the city, whether they're a brewery or an out-of-town brewery that you know everybody knows who they are. Like you have like the Firestone Walkers that are in town, but people might not pay attention to them or they're going to pay attention to them because they're bringing something super rare that they can't get For the sure. next week but they can get it you know at St. Benjamin's like two weeks from then so they kind of have to, it makes the consumer have to now like play around with their own schedules and figure out yeah. when they can get to certain things and I'll what they're this, willing to try. I'll end this conversation on this point about that is like when there's an evening when it's a Thursday night and there's five or six national brands with major events at the exact same time of night in different parts of the city, you have to really like flip a coin and decide mm-hmm. where you're gonna go. Yeah, and that's, you know, I guess up to the consumer. But like that also makes it difficult for then that vendor, that brewery, to decide like, is it worthwhile? Yeah. Because, you know, if Firestone Walker and Lagunitas and Allagash have a six o'clock event in completely poor opposite parts of the city, right. Who's going to what and what impact are you going to really make? So, right. I mean, a lot to deal with, a lot to learn from there. But um, overall, I appreciate what you do with <laughs> Rolling Barrel events, obviously, and Phil Loves Beer. Um, so thank you for your time to come Absolutely. out and chat Thanks with me. Thanks for having me. me.
Yeah. Um, we'll do this again, right? We'll, we'll kind of, we'll, let's come, we'll full circle this after this next beer week <laughs> okay. and see, see see where we're at. Yeah. How gray my hair is at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's already, is that, is that some gray? Are you, yeah. are you coloring that? <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Jenna Grab, for your time. Um, and we'll touch base again soon. Sounds Cheers. good. Cheers. SoundCloud and follow at BeersWME on Twitter and Instagram to connect with Anthony.